from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Work and Life on Business Radio. Welcome to Work and Life. So glad you're here. This is the conversation in which we explore everything related to work and the rest of your life, your family, community, society, and your private self, your mind, body, and spirit. I am your host, Stu Friedman. I'm the founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project, the Wharton Leadership Program. I now run a management consulting and training company. It's called Total Leadership. And if you go to totalleadership.org, you can find out how we help people and organizations find harmony among the different parts of life while improving performance in all of them. Yes, it's possible. And some news, I've just released an audio course based on Total Leadership. It's called Four-Way Wins on Himalaya Learning, which is an audio learning platform with an extensive library of great courses. You can listen to this course and others like it at Himalaya.com slash wins. And if you enter the promo code wins at checkout, get your first 14 days free. Hope to see you there. New episodes of this show premiere Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM channel 132. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SXM Business, as well as me at Stu Friedman. Well, my guest today, I am really excited to be talking to Jason. He is one of my former students who just returned to work from paternity leave. We're going to be talking about his experience, what he's learned about it, and the lessons that he's got to share with us about how to integrate work and personal life as an executive, as a father, uh, and as, a, as an upstanding member of the community. Jason Thacker is a senior vice president at TD Bank Group, and he's head of credit cards and unsecured lending at TD Bank. <clears throat> Jason, welcome to Work and Life, and welcome back to Wharton. Still awesome to be back, and uh, it's good to see you virtually. Let me tell everyone just a little bit about you before we jump into the conversation, Jason. Prior to your current role, uh, you served in various executive positions at TD Bank. Jason started his career in brand management at Procter & Gamble as the company's youngest global expatriate, leading priority brands in both the U.S. and Canada. Jason holds an MBA from the Wharton School, where he was my student, very proud to say, and an HBA from the Ivy Business School. In recent years, Jason's been recognized as one of Canada's top 40 under 40, the Wharton School's 40 under 40, and P&G's global alumni under 40. Jason, are you still under 40? Uh, I've, I've passed the threshold, my man. It's passed the threshold. All right. So you're no longer eligible for those 40 under 40 lists. Now it's going to be like, I guess, under 50. Anyway, Jason, it's great to have you here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, well, before we get into how fatherhood has had an impact on your relationship with work and, and what you learned from the paternity leave that you've just returned from. I just uh, like to hear a bit more about your career before you had children. So you were a student here. Uh, tell us about what, uh, what happened um, next after you graduated from Wharton, just in a capsule. Yeah, listen, I, uh, I loved coming to school. I was actually commuting, you'll recall, uh, from Toronto to Philly uh, while I was going to school. And you know, the moment I graduated, I moved down to the U.S., uh, had someone who sponsored me and said, hey, listen, uh, why don't you come down here and uh, work in our shop, so to speak, the country, and uh, took on a number of different assignments, you know, distribution, customer-facing, credit, uh, corporate, transformation, ran B&Ls, uh, so had a gamut across the bank. Uh, been a phenomenal experience. TD's been tremendous to me. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, in the last decade, you know, post Wharton has all been here in the U.S. So, uh, you know, been fun for me and my family. And uh, here we are. Well, uh, you have um, kindly come back to the classroom uh, to speak to my current students, which is something I like to do every semester in the total leadership classes, have alumni come and visit. And you've been a part of that. And I'm grateful to you uh, for that. What did you discover when trying to apply this model that you learned in our classroom about how to meaningfully integrate the different parts of your life for mutual gain? What did you discover when trying to apply this approach to your life beyond school? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, and you talked about your new course, Four Way Wins, and uh, I'm assuming it's kind of a, a 
an extension of what we learned uh, while we were students in your class. And I'll tell you, for me personally, it really was an awareness around, you know, where are there important areas of my life uh, that I personally believe I could do better in where I was getting feedback from folks that I loved and, you know, whether it was good or bad, uh, I was making conscious choices uh, and, and candidly being a little more intentional with those choices over time. So, you know, as we think about, you know, balancing work and home and, and community itself, which is something that you would preach, I found myself being uh, candidly a bit out of whack of, of sorts. Uh, and, and that was a big takeaway for me, uh, you know, when we spent some time together, right? You know, I spent a lot of time at work uh, and it was tremendous. Uh, and I got a lot of tailwinds associated with that. But a lot of what? Sacrifices what? On, Did you say tailwinds? tailwinds? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, professionally, things were going really, really well. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, you learn that, hey, listen, there's investments you have to make on other sides of the house uh, in your own personal life, uh, specifically on the family side. And, you know, that was a big lesson that I took away, you know, uh, in your course and have been reapplying ever since. And it was one of the grounding principles around a decision like paternity leave, which actually turned out to be pretty easy for me uh, when you think back to those models. Uh, I want, we're going to spend much of our conversation talking about the experience of paternity leave and, and return. Uh, could you give an example of what you meant by being more intentional about the choices you were making? Yeah, listen, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, you had us do is you had us go and, and chat with our stakeholders. And I remember this so vividly because, you know, your stakeholders are personal and professional and uh, you had us rate ourselves around how we thought those interactions were and, and uh, you know, how the other individual on the other side of the interaction, you know, how they felt. And I, I was probably pretty uh, positive across the board, you know, if, you know, rating scales were 10, uh, let's call it eight or nine out of 10 on pretty much across the board. Hey, things are going pretty well. As, as you uh, and perceive I said, them, is that right? As I perceive them. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I would say, you know, what I really learned and really kind of hit home was, you know, the professional side, I was actually underrepresenting what folks felt, you know, things were going super well. Hey, you're, a, you know, 10 out of 10 or whatever uh, with certain folks. But on, on the personal side and folks that I love, you know, dearly, you know, they were giving me, hey, Jay, if this is an honest rating, I'm going to give you a five and let me tell you why, or let me give you a six. And, you know, that's tough to hear. Um, you know, and this is a raw conversation, so I'm being very real here, but I internalize that, um, you know, because it's one thing to be giving your time. It's another thing of being intentional and also making sure that those you love are receiving that, you know, I was, I was running around building a career and getting great experiences. Uh, but I was finding out on the personal end, how people that I loved, uh, you know, we're, we're interpreting our interactions and, and, you know, giving me candid feedback on where, you know, we could be better for each other. And that I've taken that lesson since your classroom and reapplied it countless times uh, in my own personal life, just to make things better. To stay connected with the people who matter most to you in the different parts of your life and to be checking in on how things are going and what could be better. I mean, that's really the important, uh, you know, the, the essence of these stakeholder dialogues that, that, that students, in my class and clients uh, undertake. So like, what did you hear specifically that caused you to realize, wow, I'm overestimating my value here in this relationship. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah, listen, I can give you a couple, right? Like, uh, you know, my wife and I, we would have real candid dialogues around, you know, where I was showing up in certain, certain areas of our life. And, you know, whether or not I was distracted or not in certain, certain elements, whether it's, you know, going out to dinner with friends or, or, uh, you know, making time intentionally for each other, uh, in the midst of a busy life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I remember my mom, you know, I've known my mom since I was a kid. She gave me real candid feedback. Like I used to, I used to call her every week thinking that that was great. Uh, and then I actually moved to Toronto, uh, for a couple of years, uh, when I first started with the bank and, and my tail end of P&G, and I keep the calls, but I physically saw her less. And she actually, she was she in Toronto. She, yeah. She's in Toronto. Correct. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she, uh, you know, she appreciated the personal interactions. And so like, even now, like uh, we're spending some time here in Toronto for the summer and uh, you know, it's every weekend uh, we're spending time live. Right. Cause I know that's what matters to her. And uh, you know, whereas I can get away with video phone calls or, or FaceTime or the like, because I had done that so long from a distance standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, knowing what the other stakeholder matters or cares about 
and then just living your life intentionally to ensure that you're serving them, you know, carries a lot of weight. And it sounds to some, it might sound a little, uh, you know, like, oh, how come you don't know that? Uh, but it <laughs> okay. is a real learning, right? Yeah. Right. But it's, it's amazing how uh, you can be misguided in your understanding of how others see you, isn't it, Jason? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that I think your audience will listen to, I mean, we're sitting here on Warden Radio, but like professionally, you get a lot of feedback sessions. So you have a you have right. a pretty good kind of cadence and a dialogue, you know, whatever, quarterly, monthly, you know, interactions mm-hmm. or what have you, you know, to have those same feedback sessions with folks that you love personally is just less common. And so to force right. them or to, you know, ensure that you're constantly checking up, like that was, that was a big eye opener for me personally. And I know, you know, uh, classmates of mine, we stay connected and, and, you know, these are things that we still talk about. Yeah, it is unusual to be systematic and deliberate about engaging in conversations with people who matter to you outside of work about what you need from each other and how you can you know, improve the relationship over time. How do you go about making people feel comfortable doing that? Because you're right, uh, most business settings were quite accustomed to performance feedback and and getting you know indications directly from people around us about how we're doing and what we need to improve but that's not the norm in our non-work lives so what what do you do to ensure that people in your non-work life feel comfortable sharing that kind of feedback with you and hold on to that thought let me just remind listeners this is work and life on Business Radio, Sirius XM Channel 132, I'm your host, Stu Friedman. My guest today is Jason Thacker, Senior Vice President at TD Bank, a Wharton graduate who is a, an esteemed alum of my, of my total leadership class. So, Jason, how do you make you know, people at home and in the community, how do you make them feel you know, good about engaging in this kind of uh, exchange of expectations and conversation about that, which for many people might just seem like unnatural or awkward. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to say it was easy to start. And, you know, at times, especially when you're doing it uh, with new folks that you introduced to the concept, it, it can be a little unnerving, but like it, it actually starts with having the conversation. So like I was finding I was guilty of just making assumptions and ignoring uh, you know, whether it's data points or, or issues or what have you, and just assume that time would kind of smooth things over. Uh, and so now I'm just, you know, really intentional with it and say, Hey, listen, what do you, what do you actually need from me? And can I deliver on that? And if I can't, Mm -hmm. let me tell you where I can deliver. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just, you just become really, it sounds almost systematic and that's not, it's not like I'm out there like a robot every, every month or every week having conversations, but at the same point in time, you know, the, the periodic open dialogue check-in, you know, you used to have us do experiments. That was the, that was the phrase under which you kind of give us liberal use to kind of go do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just found it's, you know, it's continued in, in, in life. And so, you know, the, the thing that I, I strive for is if I care about someone enough, I want to make sure that our interactions are appropriate and uh, you know, they're receiving it the same way. And just, just little things, you know, like I used to, you know, I used to check email when I was at home, uh, you know, with, the, with the family, uh, you know, not my wife, but let's say like my parents' house and I was, you know, visiting cause I didn't live there, you know, you put the email down for a little bit. You don't have to check in all the time, you know, like, uh, you can dedicate that time and just be more present. Um, mm-hmm. you know, these are guilty sins of mine. I, you know, I'm self-revealing. That's not to well, say I don't work hard and that's not to say, you know, I don't, you know, deliver in the outcomes that are required and then some. Uh, but you just become more intentional with your decisions and with your time. And, and when you're able to do that, uh, at least I found it's been better for me personally uh, and professionally, actually. Can you elaborate on that last part, how it's helped you professionally? Yeah, listen, if, if, you're, if you're not being intentional with your time and your choices, and you're not being clear on your own expectations for yourself or those you work with, then you leave room for interpretation or judgment so like folks on my team like they knew when i was going out i wouldn't be you know checking email periodically you know uh, on, on a regular and they didn't have to check in with me and stuff like that like i was very clear around expectations for me and very clear on expectations to them uh 
and and candidly, it worked out on, on on both sides. And you know, something that's pretty obvious, I think, to all of your listeners is, hey, your life is is integrated. So the more positive you feel on you know non-work side of the house uh, relationships, that bleeds into the to the professional side, and vice versa. Yes. Um, so you know, that's just a learning that I think you get over time, and and you get more sensitive to with experience. Yeah, that's a, a really important idea, this notion of uh, what uh, researchers call spillover from one role to another. It's real and uh, it's, you know, it's well documented and it's something that most of us know intuitively that you really can't separate the different parts of your life and that if you feel good in one part, that tends to be a good thing for the other parts. Um, do you have an example off the top of your head of how uh, your experiences and how you feel about yourself in the non-work realm, how that has ha- had a positive spillover or bleeding into, as you say, uh, in your in your work life? Uh, you know, I look coming back, and I think most new parents uh, would would at least uh, you know uh, adhere to this or or have some kind of connection to this. Uh-huh. We found it pretty, pretty challenging, I'd say, to kind of balance professional lives and personal lives and just keep them, you know, totally independent in COVID, right? While we're chatting, you might hear a baby, you know, crying downstairs in the background or making noise or the like, um, you know, that's just part and parcel with what it is. So for me, like, I, I just look at, um, you know, the interactions that I've had personally and say to myself, Hey, listen, if I'm healthier on the personal end, I can bring it professionally. And so like, you know, my little guy has made, has shown up on call sometimes because, you know, childcare has fallen apart or what have you that day. And, you know, we're still adjusting. And so people know like, Hey, listen, I'm going to bring him on a call and I might be seeing The camera might be turned off depending on who I'm chatting with. Uh, but I'm happier and he's happier and, and candidly, the work's getting done and it, it sets new norms and new expectations, right? In this COVID environment, I think we're all dealing with this where, uh, you know, people's kids are showing up on, on Zoom calls and, and WebEx calls and the like, and, you know, pets are feeling great because they're getting all the love and the attention. Um, so, like, I, I think we all have our own examples. I mean, I'm just giving you mine because it's more recent. Uh, but anytime you're healthier personally, I think it's better for you professionally and, and vice versa. I'm speaking with Jason Thacker, a senior vice president at TD Bank and a Wharton graduate who took my total leadership class a while back. This is Work and Life on Business Radio, Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Stu Friedman. Now, we're talking about the, the return to work from your paternity leave. I, I want to cycle back a little bit. Um, you, tell us, what is your family structure presently? Uh, when you say family structure, you mean like, you know, married and, and children and stuff like yes, that? Yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Let me use <laughs> Common language, sorry, family structure. What, what's your story at home? Yeah, it's, it's me and my wife, uh, Jacqueline, uh, two working professionals. Uh, we're actually expats. Uh, so we, we've lived and worked in the U.S. for the last decade plus, uh, originally from Canada. Mm-hmm. So most of our family, if not all of our family, are, are north of the border in Toronto. Uh, you know, as I'm talking to you right now, we're actually here. So we have a little bit more here being Toronto. So a little family structure around. And we have our, our first young son, Nicholas. He's now uh, coming up on 10 months. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how we're living our lives these days. All right. So um, you, I, I want to read to you an email that you wrote to me uh, uh, not too long ago. And, and I'm quoting now. <laughs> I hope you won't mind. Uh, quote, I was reading Parents Who Lead in the delivery room while awaiting the arrival of our little Nicholas who came into the world on August 27th. Life is precious and we're full of joy. Uh, I was very pleased to, to receive, end of quote. I was very pleased to receive that email from you, Jason, mainly because you were reading my book and that's a good thing. No, just kidding. But because I was very happy for you that you, you become a father. What a wonderful thing. Um, And parents who lead is the book that I had published just a couple months prior which takes the total leadership principles and applies them to the specific work of being a parent uh, and using leadership tools and ideas 
to become a better parent and a better person. So, uh, so you know, parents who lead might have been helpful to you in sort of refreshing and retooling some of these total leadership lessons. So, your little one—he's ten months old now. Um, how how have you been able to incorporate you know your way of thinking and what you learned in our work together? into your paternity leave uh, decision and how you've managed it? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the decision unto itself was probably grounded in, in my mind the moment I knew we were expecting and, and we would carry the term type thing. And so I said to myself, okay, look, there's no doubt we're going to take this. And then how best to take it and how to make sure that it balances and, you know, folks professionally are feeling good. And then folks personally are feeling good. And I, as I shared with you, you know, my wife and I are kind of, uh, you know, we have great friends and, and, and structure in the U S but you know, our family is really North of the border. So, mm-hmm. uh, we structured this almost, and we kind of knew that, Hey, she would take maternity and then the baton would get passed. So when her time was up, call it four or five months in, you know, I would take the baton and that would give us a little bit more time. And that's one of the things, you know, uh, the paternity leave was a gift, uh, you know, and I worked for TD and TD has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the, the ability of having choice, uh, not necessarily taking it right away, mm-hmm. but actually taking it sequentially was, was something else that, you know, we kind of decided just because we didn't necessarily have as much support structure around us. And, you know, I, I did flip you that email because I remember I want to be clear, like, hey, you know, the delivery takes some time and, you know, you could be watching the NBA playoffs or you could be, uh, you know, while she's kind of preparing, if you will, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, taking some quiet time and, and reading. And that's what was going on. It was a great refresher because it, it brought you back to some principles that candidly, you know, it's easy to kind of forget or or yeah. or just lose sight of. Um, and as you know, uh, you know, you're now a grandfather, like when a child comes into the world, uh, everything changes. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing and, and you adapt accordingly. It is a beautiful thing. And of course, uh, it, it, it also changes how you think about yourself and your role in the world. So a, a little more detail on how you structured this paternity leave in sequence with your wife's maternity leave. Um, so you were working in as usual, although it was COVID times. Um, and so I assume that was all virtual for you in the first yep. part of Nicholas's life. Uh, and then you went to paternity leave while your wife went back to work. Is that how, is that how it happened? That's, that's exactly how it happened. We, we kind of scheduled a bit of a one week overlap, uh, call it like, uh, you know, I got my uh, my hands on the steering wheel, if you will, seeing how she did the day to day when I wasn't there during the week. Obviously, you know, on the weekend, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of kind of mutual uh, parenting going on. Uh, but during the week, yeah, like uh, those first few months. And, and as you know, they're particularly challenging, you know, and then there's kind of physical recovery and the like, uh, mm-hmm. at least on her side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was that was her time, right? She had maternity and, and we just knew we would take it sequentially because of the distance we were away from family. And just, it just made sense and better, better for kind of how we integrated things. And, and, you know, I, look, I did a lot of, you know, talking to folks and there's not a whole lot of, here's what I would tell you for you and your listeners. Like there's not a whole lot of male examples that you can go to. Like there's right. not a whole lot of people that I could talk to and say, Hey, you know, a lot of my friends or a lot of the folks more senior than me are, you know, they've had their kids, they're not coming in graduate, you know, graduation and the like, and they're telling me, Hey, you know, I, I was able to take a week, you know, I had to string together a couple of days, like whatever. Mm-hmm. So times are a little different. And, um, times are very different. Lessons, yeah. My best lessons do, I think, honestly came from mothers, like professional mothers. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that I have, you know, I'm connected to different folks, you know, uh, that have done things that I aspire to do. Uh, and, or, um, you know, are in places in their career where, uh, you know, they could look back and kind of provide advice. And some of the professional moms that are in, you know, C-suite level roles, I mean, they just go back and they gave me the best advice because they all, they all went through it, right? There wasn't a whole lot of dads that could, could relate to taking any time away and, and early days parenting with any level of, of, um, you know, history, uh, 
So, wow. you know, that's what so, I did. What, that's, that's how was I there it. anyone? Was there, an, was there any other dad within the bank community? Let's start with that, that you could turn to for advice. Uh, listen, a lot of, a lot of fathers in the bank community provided perspective and they, the perspective actually helped me inform taking the leave even more. Cause it wasn't like I knew anyone that actually took any leave. It just didn't exist. At this you were level the first and, one? I'm the first at, at my level in the bank. Correct. Now at, it's relatively, at, yeah, at, at this level, you know, at, at a more seniorish level. Right. Um, you know, now there had been my moms that had taken and I, you know, I'd, I'd gotten yes. perspective from them, but you know, it's relatively recent uh, where this equality uh, narrative around dad taking paternity leave has become more pronounced. And you've been a, you amongst others have, have been a, a champion of this. And, and so like, I, you know, I, I learned a lot from moms and, and came to, I got a ton of notes. I mean, I, I can tell you this, I got a ton of notes from both moms and dads. Uh, at all but mainly from moms, it sounds like, and, and this is what we're going to spend the second half of our conversation digging into what those lessons were and what then you learned in your own experience and how you might be passing those lessons on to others uh, in your bank and perhaps beyond. So uh, stay with us. We're going to take a short break here, but don't go away. When we come back, I'll be continuing my conversation with Jason Thacker. I am Stu Friedman. This is Work and Life on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Stay with us. We will get right back to it. You're listening to Work and Life on Business Radio. Hey, welcome back to Work and Life. I am your host, Stu Friedman, and I'm the founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project, the Wharton Leadership Program, and founder of Total Leadership, a management consulting and training company dedicated to helping people and organizations find greater harmony among the different parts of life. And I'm really pleased to let you know that I've just released an audio course based on Total Leadership. It's called Four Way Wins. It's on Himalaya Learning, which is an audio learning platform with an extensive library of great courses. You can listen to my course and others like it at Himalaya.com. And if you enter the promo code WINS at checkout, get your first 14 days free. I hope to see you there. All right, Jason. So what did you learn from the professional moms who had uh, had the experience at the executive level of taking uh, maternity leave that you then applied in your own experience? You know, one in particular left me with a nugget that just stayed with me, which is, hey, listen, your, your, your set of expectations around what success looks like on your day-to-day milestones is going to change dramatically. It's going to go from you know, uh, however you define them professionally to, you know, are nap times real and are, you know, the, uh, did you get enough play time and how many books did you read and, and, uh, and stuff like child. that. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just that switch, uh, it was, first of all, it was really reassuring to kind of hear from, and, and she shared from her perspective because she actually took it at this level. Uh, but there were other moms. I mean, they were just like, none of them actually talked about work. And, you know, when I talked to the dads, they were kind of, well, what are you going to do? And, you know, how are you going to fill your day? And are you going to be okay? And so like, you know, I just looked at it and said, Hey, one set of this, this audience feedback is, is hang on a second. What do do you think they were getting at when they asked you, are you going to be okay? What, what were they thinking? Were they wondering about whether your career was going to be derailed in some way or whether you were going to be simply bored by doing the work of childcare, given the exciting life of the high flying executive that you live every day, which was it? Or was it something else? Listen, I don't know how high flying it is. I'll tell you that, but I I will say this. I, I think it was probably more the latter, right? Like, I think there's still these un, unspoken stereotypes. So listen, uh, I know people that, that told me, Jay, I wish I could do what you did. Mm-hmm. And they're at the most senior levels of organizations that you read about and I read about. And, you know, we just happen to be on tech strings and, and catch up or what have you. And they're like, listen, if I could go back in time, I would do this. And they mm-hmm. got, you know, all the professional accolades and all the, you know, they don't have to work if they don't want to. And, you know, this is what they're telling me type thing. Mm. Um, how did that you know, influence your mom, thinking? Oh, I just said, Hey, listen, I have a data point, you know, out into the future and I get to make the decision now much more informed. I'm done. The mm. decisions, decisions like if I even had any hesitation, 
you know, this further reinforces, right? Like there wasn't a single dad that I met that, that didn't say, Hey, listen, when I, that I, that I'm close to that would say, Hey, listen, if I could go back in time, you know, I wouldn't want to do it. Some of them were really real and said, I'm not sure I could do it. And, you know, these are folks again, like, you know, publicly traded CEOs and the like uh, in, in my network that are just being candid with me because we're friends. And what were, they, they're just what were saying, they saying they couldn't do it for? What was the reason that that would make it so difficult for them, do you think? Listen, if you rewind the clock, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, this concept of paternity leave isn't nearly as pronounced as it is today. I mean, organizational structures didn't exist. There was no ability, uh, you know, 10 years ago to, from an infrastructure standpoint, take it as cleanly as you do today. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, there was unwritten, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't a father at that time. So I don't want to speak for something that I don't have personal, um, you know, a connection to during that time and space. But I, I would tell you that I, I think today it's much easier uh, to lean into a decision like this and candidly more examples coming out and speaking about it and saying, Hey, listen, it, it was honestly the best decision. Like I learned more as a leader, you know, coming back from an, an empathetic standpoint and just, you know, caring and understanding, like I'm pretty sure I can figure out, you know, what I missed on, on those few months that I was out from a business standpoint, but the personal growth and development uh, just makes me, in my opinion, a better leader moving forward. Um, and those are some of the messages that? That I, think I got from them. That, well, that, that's crucial uh, and, and a very important aspect of what I think is often discounted in the value of investing in you know, uh, your family, uh, particularly at crucial uh, milestones and you know, periods of your life, uh, how it can actually enhance your career and, and, and your leadership capacity. Um, you mentioned empathy. What did you learn? Well, first of all, how long was your paternity leave? <laughs> so, uh, you know, TDs uh, put 16 weeks on the table and I, I took all 16 weeks. So 16 weeks. What, yeah, and we, yeah, was that was that actual? Like, in other words, were you really away or were you checking in every day for a couple of hours? No, no, no. So um, I was fortunate. You know, we structured this. I think the organization was fantastic. We had a terrific leader who was actually uh, uh, set up to retire. He was retiring. He announced his retirement. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of had him take an interim seat. Uh, he's tremendous. Uh, my leadership team kind of reported into him. You know, my boss was supportive. Our CEO was supportive. Everyone kind of knew, uh, you know, I would be out. Now, I did have, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of dialogue, I would say, throughout. I I stayed connected verbally, but the day-to-day decision-making I was out of. Now, if we were going to buy or sell something or something like that, then, then maybe I would have a, a little bit more purview, but it was truly, you know, a leave leave. Um, you know, I wasn't into the day-to-day in any, any way, shape or form. All right. So I, let's, let's put numbers behind this. In a typical week during your 16 weeks away, Jason, how many hours did you spend with your mind on work approximately <laughs> oh man just guesstimate one two couple oh okay you know, not yeah but really like it, just a couple i was i was locked in i was you know the, the way i approached this was hey listen i want to be very intentional with my time here and mm-hmm. so while i'm with the little man i'm going to be with the little man and <laughs> you know because i'm i'm feeding i'm I'm, uh, you know, the bottles are mine because Jacqueline's back to work, you know, like we're, we're remote. So, you know, there's a little bit of popping back and forth, uh, you know, when she comes out of the office and, you know, maybe has a break or what have you, but for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, I'm the primary childcare, uh, giver and, you know, full accountability and responsibility rest with me for these, these four months. So let's have at it. So the, the moms that you spoke to who were in executive roles, emphasized um, family metrics, let's call them, or, you know, your indications of whether things were going well were not about what was going to happen in your career at work, but rather what was happening at home. Uh, did you, did you follow that advice? Uh, and, and how did you make that adjustment? In other words, were you, were you, were you afraid that you might, 
you know, by taking your eye off the, the, the work ball that you might somehow drop that? Uh, so I wasn't afraid. Um, I was, I was cautious. I'll fully transparent, right? That's how you and I dialogue. I was cautious and aware that, Hey, this is a bit of a different decision and some folks might react, uh, you know, differently than, than I might want them to react. And, you know, I understand that. And those are some of the choices that we all make in our life. The flip side is, you know, when I, you know, when you talk to the professional moms and there are folks, I spoke to folks, you know, coming up through the ranks on both, both sides, you know, at let's say my level or, or more senior than me, like the gifts that they provided me just gave me even more confidence. Like, Hey, listen, they've done this. I mean, they're at the top of the food chain, if you will. And they look back and it's just a gift. Like it's a gift of time. Like you and I can go back and, you know, a decade ago, you, you know, I was probably sitting in your classroom at the, around this time. And, you know, do I remember every nook and cranny? Uh, you know, I, I love the class, but probably not. You, you wait know, a minute. I, Hang on, Jason. You don't remember every single thing that I said in that classroom? Listen, I, I, uh, I think we're done. Patty, uh, my producer, <laughs> uh, let, let's pull the plug on Jason here and move on to another guest, shall we? Just kidding. Sorry. I love it. All right. No, no. Sorry, everybody. I'm being a jerk, as usual. Please continue. Of course, you didn't remember everything you were saying. But but I, I would say this, like, I, I remember much more of those four months, you know, just because it was it was Nicholas and I. Right. I remember the first time where I, you know, it was Monday and I was like, OK, like, this is real. Like, I got you. And like, I'm going to tell you something, Stu, that, you know, I probably don't want to necessarily reveal. But I, I think it's real enough that people can relate to, which is. Mm-hmm. You know, those first four or five months, you know, I was working and, and Jacqueline was on maternity leave. So I, my time with, with the little man was really kind of like I had bedtime routine, mm-hmm. you know, like I had, I would try and break away, you know, whatever, six or seven, you know, six thirty seven whatever the case may be. And I try and put him to sleep. But if, if you haven't seen him all day and he hasn't seen you all day, except for these like, you know, little parsings throughout the day like he was crying. I was unfamiliar. Like, who are you? Like, who are you? You know, like it, it, it was rough, you know? Um, right. Like then, he, he might've been afraid of you because he, because you were unfamiliar. I mean, that's how, that's how infants are. Yeah. And, and look, I remember that first, first day where I'm like, okay, look, it's not a weekend anymore. It's Monday. And I got you all day. Uh, and I, you know, we kind of had a little conversation and, and kind of prepped ourselves for the next four months. And like, I remember these milestones, right? I remember, you know, Wait, going out for you a had a little time. conversation with, with Nicholas. You had a little stakeholder dialogue with Nicholas at four months old. Well, I, I just let him know, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy these next four months, and it's gonna be fantastic. And I'm uh, sure you did. You know, and it was rock and roll. You, how did you express that, Jason? Look, I, we were just it, it was in, in my heart. I still remember, like it's pure joy, right? Like, hey, I, I am nervous because I, I say to myself, hey, you know. I now have, I'm in, I'm in a little bit of unfamiliar territory because, yeah. you know, Jacqueline's on call, she's at work and I'm the one. And, you know, uh, it's, it's for lack of a better term, it's showtime, but it, you know, we figured it out by that first week. Like, I can't tell you, you know, this well, cause you're, you know, uh, your kids and now your grandkids, uh, you can relate to this comment. Like when your kid recognizes you and smiles and wants to see you, uh, you know, that changes everything. And by that end of the first week, like I was, you know, Jack and I joke about it, but like I became the favorite. It's kind of like our dog. Like I'm the favorite with the dog. Cause I, you know, I take the dog out to do the number one and number two every night. And, you know, throughout the day, like, you know, you take care of basic necessities and, and here you are. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, the time the get it was, was a pure gift. And, and I tell you the lessons that I learned from, from leaders within our own organization, the organization culture was super supportive, but also, folks outside, like both in financial services and in other industries. Like that, that let me, I, I want to hear those. Like. Uh, those are important for us to get to before we have to wrap up. But let me just remind listeners, this is Work and Life on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Stu Friedman. I'm speaking with Jason Thacker, who is a senior vice president at TD Bank and a Wharton graduate uh, from my total leadership class about 10 years ago. So, uh, yeah, what, what was the reaction to people in, in your work, uh, community and beyond to, to what you had done here, uh, with taking four months of paternity leave? 
Listen, the number of notes or messages that I received that said, hey, listen, because you have taken this, I now feel more comfortable Hmm. taking it. And that's generally on kind of like the the father side or the male side of the house. Right. I, I surprisingly got, I didn't expect this. I got a lot of communication from women and moms who said, hey, listen, you've set an example or, you know, because you're taking this, it, it creates more equality and more fairness or more balance, um, and, you know, around that, that narrative. And, and that was more unexpected. I kind of knew, you know, more fathers would kind of say, okay, you know what, he's taking it and his career I feel good about. So like, you know, that gives me license, but I didn't necessarily expect the second half of that. Um, and that was, you know, that you didn't was, what? can you repeat that? I'm sorry. You didn't expect what? I didn't ex- the second half of that from, you know, the moms to kind of reach out and say, Hey, listen, we're really glad you took this because it sets an example. And, and, and candidly, pretty much every mom I know has taken some time mm-hmm. once their, their child has entered the world, right. Physical recovery plus maternity. Um, you know, like I said, there's not a whole lot of, da- I mean, I did talk to some dads who'd taken paternity and they're, you know, they're coming up through the ranks and I learned a ton from them, you know, what to do and what not to do. I mean, like what? And look, there was, there was some folks that, that came to me and said, Hey, listen, I, I wasn't sure I could take all four months. So I didn't. And I regret it, you know? Um, and, and because of the pressures you talked about at the beginning of, of, of the narrative of the conversation. And so like, part of me was like, Hey, if I actually don't take four months, I'll also set a different message. Mm. Right. Um, so I'll take, you know, the, the, the organization set out an allotment and, and I'm going to take that allotment and I'm going to use that as a gift. And, um, you know, when I come back, I'm full steam ahead, you know, on the professional side with this new kind of dynamic, uh, on the personal end as our families expanded. But yeah, I, I, I learned a ton. I learned a ton from folks that, that had taken it and what they regretted and what they wish they would have done differently. Um, and, you know, some of their fears and, and, you know, potential implications that candidly, in, in my mind, they're overblown. Like once you come back to work, you know, people generally, uh, you know, you're locked in and, and people say, okay, time moves on type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also tell you one other thing, like coming back, I'm much more sensitive to folks going out on maternity and paternity. Whereas before I was probably more sensitive to folks that were going out on maternity because I just had such admiration for, you know, caring, uh, and that's the physical implications and, you know, uh, healthy delivery for mom. But it was almost like the dad was going out, you know, kind of coming up through the ranks on paternity and Hey, they're going to be out and move forward. But it's, you know, there's a self-reflection time for the dads as well. And I, I just, I learned that personally, right. Cause I was going through it and I'm at a stage in my career and, you know, where there's a lot of support, like I can make a phone call and, 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 you know, stuff happens or, or, you know, I get a lot of support at my, uh, you know, professional stage in my career, folks coming up through the ranks don't necessarily have that. So, um, you know, I, I learned a ton. I took all those lessons and I'm just trying to make it, make it cleaner, make it more simplistic. You know, I gave feedback to our team to say, Hey, listen, here's how you can make it easier for the process of paternity. You know, just because, you know, the like what? Kids, no one at my level had taken it. So, so what do you tell uh, a 32 year old uh, dad who wants to be fully involved in, you know, and take complete advantage of the available uh, paternity leave time? How do you advise him? Listen, I, I honestly believe it's everyone's individual choice, mm-hmm. but well, you know, my personal opinion is if this is something you want to do, you absolutely take it. Our organizational culture is one where, you know, this is not only supported, it's championed. Like I, at the most senior levels of the bank, I can tell you, I, you know, received notes and, and perspectives and, you know, our CEO would reach out and, and uh, you know, folks would send out texts and the like, um, you know, so I stayed relatively connected from a relationship standpoint. And I was, I was afforded the opportunity to do that just because of, you know, my interactions within the bank. But mm-hmm. for the 32 year old kind of coming up through the ranks, uh, you know, they have a decision to make. And I, I would fully support and, you know, I'd tell them like, you know, you're never going to get this time back. The reality is, you know, uh, they grow up quick as you know, and as, as everyone says, right. Mm-hmm. The, the days are long, but the years are short with something that came, that came to me. And, uh, I fully believe that I have much more appreciation for that phrase now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm just, I'm full steam ahead. Like, Take it if you so, want to take it. If you don't, it's your choice, but fully mm-hmm. encouraged. 
so you so your your organization's culture is one that is clearly very supportive now you know these days even though you were the one breaking the path at the executive level um what advice do you have for especially dads but for moms too who need to take time to care for their young ones or for any non-work consideration about managing their careers while, you know, continuing to uh, be away from their careers. Uh, do you have any specific guidance for, uh, especially in an organization that might not be as supportive as, as, uh, as TD banks has been for you? Yeah, listen, it's, it's still early days, but I, I think being intentional with the communication that you have with your direct leadership around what you plan on doing and how you plan on living uh, kind of this next phase uh, I think is important. You know, I, I had direct conversation with my leadership. My boss is super supportive, you know, uh, all the way up through kind of the most senior level of the bank. Uh, and I, I want to be clear, like I wasn't the first executive to take it, uh, to take paternity. I, you know, just at my level within the bank, there hadn't been any examples because there's not a whole lot of people having kids and, you know, uh, at this level and, and that type of thing. So, and it's relatively new. So, uh, I, I firmly believe, you know, your performance matters and people will remember how you delivered and what you'll do moving forward. And someone gave me, who I trust immensely, gave me some, some really uh, wise counsel. And this, this individual uh, is like a, a, a big brother to me. And um, I would tell you that, you know, he's reached the most senior levels of corporate, you know, corporate America type thing. And, you know, he kind of said, hey, listen, people are going to watch you and see they're going to self-select their own impressions based on how you interact when you come back. You know, is he still mm. in it? Is he not in it? You know, that type of thing. And, and that was really valuable advice for me because, like, while I was intentional with the choice, I also don't make the choice on how others might see me. That's their, you know, decision. So, like, yes. am I balancing work and life differently? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm definitely more focused. Anyone who's a parent will tell you that, hey, listen, you got to be you got to be locked in even more because you want the time when the little one's awake. Right. Like it's no good for me to have my work done when he's sleeping. Like I don't get a chance to kind of interact. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and you restructure things and the like, uh, you know, I get the morning routine if I can uh, before work starts type thing. Uh, and that's my time, uh, you know, now nighttime, you know, those types of things. So my so, advice to that, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, please. Finish your thought. Yeah, you know, for that 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 person is considering it. If if your organization has has set these parameters uh, and is culturally supportive, lean in, you know, and test the organization's values. And by the way, like if it doesn't work out, and I'm sure there's places where it doesn't work out, mm -hmm. you know, you have choice, right? Like that's one of the greatest things about uh, about you know uh, corporate America is you know if you don't like something, you can make a different decision. Uh, and vice versa on both ends. So like, I'm fully confident in my abilities in, in contributing moving forward. And like, my team has been fantastic. There's been development opportunities for them. There's lots of, there's lots of reasons why this has been positive all the way around. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out, in, you know, in the, in the quarters and years ahead. Well, you, you are um, path breaking at your level, but it's also true, as you just said, that you were, I mean, you've had a great career up until this point. So you've established credibility and a reputation for excellence. And you've been recognized for that. Um, not everybody has that, right? And, and has that kind of um, built-in support, you know, based on a history of high performance. So, you know, in, in 30 seconds, because we're going to have to wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, how 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 can a young father deal with that challenge where they haven't really established themselves yet um and they are at a point where they still want to take advantage of paternity leave look i i think you just got to be clear on your intentions on how you want to live your life you know if you're performing up until that point you know call it 31 and and, and under and you say hey listen i want to you know four months flies by I, we make this to be like some really long expanded time. Like, you know, it's a quarter in a month, like, it, you know, things, things don't move that, that fast uh, mm -hmm. in many aspects of life, but you know, you'll never get that time back. So if, 
if you are, you know, coming up through the ranks and, and you want to take that time, make the decision, be clear on how you'll do it, be clear on how you'll show up when you come back and then live to your commitments. Well, that's, that's a fitting note for us to conclude on. I, I would just want to ask you one more thing and that you know, what, what was the best thing about taking paternity leave for you as a, as a leader in your life, Jason? Uh, you know, I really got to dedicate uh, unique time to, to my son, you know, someone who, you know, I, I love the moment I saw him and, and candidly also support, you know, my family, like my wife got to go back to her career. Uh, and she has a, she has a phenomenal career with a phenomenal employer that she, she quite adores. And so that balance, uh, was required in, in this stage in our life. And, and it, it was a true gift. You know, I thank the organization. I thank, you know, the, the folks that I work around and with, and those that work on our team, it's, it's been a true gift, um, and I hope others get to experience what I experienced. So, so down the road, you know, when someone asks me, uh, hey, did you take it or not? I'll be like, absolutely, did you take it? Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas today, when I ask those that are ahead of me, they say, I just couldn't, you know, it wasn't my, wasn't my choice. I just didn't have the opportunity. It wasn't my time. Um, so hopefully those, those stereotypes break over time. Jason, I uh, really appreciate your taking this time to share your story uh, with me and with our listening audience. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Stu. Keep doing the great work. And uh, it's good to be back in class again, it feels like. <laughs> well, we'll have you back to tell more of the story as it unfolds. Jason Thacker, uh, Senior Vice President at TD Bank, a Wharton grad and a leader in as an executive taking paternity leave Uh, and uh, sharing the lessons of his experience and being a real role model for leadership in life. Once again, really appreciate it, Jason. And thank you for listening to us on this show. Don't forget to tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern. If you have a question about something that you heard on today's show or any kind of reaction, I'd love to hear from you. Friedman at Wharton.upenn.edu is my address. Just write to me or find me on LinkedIn. You can also write to businessradio at SiriusXM.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SXM Business. I'm at Stu Friedman, and you can find edited versions of this show free as podcasts at TotalLeadership.org, and there's all kinds of other free stuff that you can find at TotalLeadership.org. Thanks, Patty Hall, our producer, and my sound engineer is Chris Tooks. I'm Stu Friedman. You've been listening to Work and Life on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM, 132.